Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 9. It's gone slow. We had camp last week, vacation Bible school two weeks ago. So we're still in chapter 3 and I'll have to admit I do not mind. Chapter 3 has been on my heart through my life lately and and wanting to to preach it and to share it and so in the in verse 2 through verse 8 we have already been through 14 contrasts in life 14 mountaintop situations and and 14 valleys and Solomon was listing these contrasts in the attitude of man's point of view. Now, we couldn't help but consider God's point of view as you and I went through these contrasts. These are things that we go through in life. We have our mountaintops and our valleys, and we have different experiences in life, and and. That always speaks to our heart. And we looked at it from God's point of view. Solomon has had the attitude of man's point of view. As we look into verses 9 through 11, it provides a good summarizing of life and and it given from man's point of view and then also from God's point of view. And so from man's point of view concerning the contrasts that we shared in the beginning of this chapter, from man's point of view, it just gets us nowhere, is the conclusion that Solomon makes in in his conclusion under the sun, if you will. Verse 9, after these things are, are listed, he says, What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? What is the benefit of all of these things that we toil through in our lives? Our our work, our deeds, our act, our our business. We, We work our fingers to the bone. We face this. We go through this. We have our burdens. There are some good things. But overall, all together... Solomon saying, what what good is all of this? From man's point of view, Solomon is drawing a conclusion that ultimately we just have no gain in all of the things that we have to go through in life. As if from these contrasts, you know, looking on the high side of things, some of them, you know, there, there was birth that he talked about. There was planting. There was healing. There was building up. There was laughing, dancing, gathering stones, embracing, getting, keeping, sowing, loving, and peace. And, and in all of these things, he talked about some abounding in life. But then his attitude is, It's just all a wash, though, when you consider the death, the killing, the breaking down, the mourning, the the casting away stones, the losing, the rending, the hating, and the war. He sees in all of life events, from man's point of view, that is just one step forward, but then a step backward, that, that they wash each other out. 
And not only is the attitude that there is just no benefit to this cycle of life uh, when all is said and done, but Solomon believed that there was no meaning in it all from man's point of view. That, that none of these events of life really must have any value whatsoever. That, that there's no treasure as a result of all of our toil, ultimately. From man's point of view, no positives can be obtained and, and man can't keep his head above water is the attitude from the man under the sun, from life under the sun. But not only does he have this thought of that conclusion, he talks about what he sees in verse 10. He says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. You know, there's a sense in which he is wrong that we're going to find out, but there's also a sense in which Solomon is right in the conclusions that he's making because, because there is no satisfaction from the very best works of man. Man wants to lead his own life and do his own thing and no matter how successful he or she may be, it brings no satisfaction without God. So, not only is Solomon starting to get on track here, we've seen man's point of view, but Solomon is about to get on track and we're going to see the other side. We're going to see God's point of view concerning life, the events of life, and everything that we all go through and face and endure and deal with on a, on a daily basis, on a, on a yearly basis in our life. These things constantly come around and... Solomon is starting to go in the right direction, which, which is going to help our attitude about the reception of all things that life hands our way. We always need to be refreshed in that. We always need help in that area for everything life sends to us, whether it be delightful or whether it be difficult. It is very important what viewpoint we are going to, to face life at. Like man under the sun or from God's point of view. And God's point of view is actually opposite of man's point of view. Man's point of view says these things get us nowhere. But in verse 11... We're going to look at how everything we experience is getting us somewhere. From man's point of view, there was just no hope. I, I didn't gather any hope from, from Solomon's man under the sun attitude about things. But everything we experience is getting us somewhere we see from God's point of view. Look with me in verse 11. It says, He hath made everything beautiful 
in His time. That sounds like a beautiful creation verse, doesn't it? Maybe it makes you think about creation. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. You know, every, one day every knee is going to bow and, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, and the one who said, I, I just didn't know I, I, that I could believe in you. I didn't know you were real. Nature leaves them without excuse. So, so we, could, we could really dive off into the beauty of God in His creation. But, but Solomon is speaking of something we can be very specific about concerning what the Lord has made here, what the Lord has allowed, what has happened in God's plan. In God's plan, all of these 14 contrasts take place in our lives, including that travail that we read of there in verse 10, the occupation of man, the, the task of man. All of these things God has, has sent or allowed and it's in His plan. The describing, the describing of all of these things goes from meaningless with the man under the sun to beautiful now from God's point of view. That everything is beautiful. That word beautiful there, it means excellent. It means good, and, and the one I really want to hammer on is, is useful. That's the definition of that word beautiful, useful. Man under the sun says it's all meaningless. What's it all about? And, and from God's point of view, everything is useful in our lives. God gives His stamp of approval on all of life's events, approving them as, as very useful. The Lord not only approves all of the events in our lives, think about this, let's think about our lives. Maybe you'll do what I did this week and last week. I thought about my life, and I thought about the events of life that I deal with. I thought about those I'd rather not be around, and then I thought about some wonderful experiences I get. But all together, look, the Lord approves the events of life and He has His hand on the timing of these events coming into our lives. God has special purposes for everything that happens at the proper time. I kind of want to interject just in case someone's thinking about it. You know, there are decisions that are made that are outside of God's will and God never wanted it for our lives. It's not that God appointed the, the thing, the poor decisions that we made, but, but he, He'll end up using that for good, but He doesn't want us to make those decisions. So, so, so outside of that, just having clarity, there are special purposes for everything that happens. And, and it's no accident when these things happen. God has a, a, an appointed time for these things, the proper time. 
You know, you think about the Lord's precious church. The Lord's church has valleys, experiences, and the Lord's church has mountaintop experiences. We, we've just had a mountaintop experience. And, and kind of like that song Brother Scott sent to me yesterday on the phone, I'd, I'd like to stay on that mountaintop a while. It would be wonderful to keep on going through some mountaintop experiences. But, but we have both. And they have a purpose. The valley experiences are never for, for hurting us to the point of stunting our spiritual growth or stopping us from serving the Lord. That's, that's, never, that's never in the plan of God as to what's to come out of anything we go through in life. And, and the mountaintop experiences, they're not for making us prideful. They're, they're not for making us feel like we're need-free or care-free of all things. All things are very useful in our lives. Every, when, when you get to looking at this and you don't let go of it, you can't help but say every hour of our lives provides something that God wants to use in it. And He wants to use it for good in our life. God is using the activities and the interaction of every day in some way for His glory. God is in control of all events. And God is in control of the timing of all of our events of life. He places certain events in our lives, certain people in our lives, at very precise times. We, we can't be sensitive enough to everything we face and, and having the mindset, what does God want to do with this? Why is this happening? It's perfect timing that the Lord has for excellent outcomes. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. He hath made everything useful in His time. You know, God is making us worth something through all that we go through. He is refining us in the fire and getting the dross off. And He's constantly developing us into something to someone that's more like His own precious Son. He's the controller of all events. We will fail viewing life's circumstances, our lot in life, from man's point of view. We will surely fail. But there, there is victory when we are seeing things from God's point of view. The one who's in control. The one who has his hands on these events of life and he stamps his seal of approval on them and sends them into our lives. And, and, and at a certain time, him doing so. I tell you what, to, to, to know this truth, to trust this truth, will make a big difference in how we go about dealing with the days of life and what we face. We know, we know all things will bring gain 
into our lives somehow, some way, sometime when we trust the Lord. We don't, we don't understand how, but He's going to do it. I think I've said before a few times, Granddaddy used to say, I, I guess things could be worse, but I just don't see how. And sometimes it seems that way. But, but when we go back to God's Word, we understand that He is going to use it for something good in some way. What, what an appropriate time for us just to stop and think about how we can trust the Lord through all of our experiences of life in the experiences we're going through right now. He's worthy of our trust. We can trust the one who allowed it. We can trust the one who sent it. We can trust the one who has perfect timing. And not just trusting Him to get through something, I've prayed, Lord, get me through this. I'm trusting you to get me through this. But how about when we look at this and our confidence is, Lord, use this for your good in some way because I know that's what you do. I'm trusting that you're using it for good. It's kind of hurting me. I kind of don't like it, but you're going to use it for good for yourself to glorify your name. All things... At all times is a time for hope when we see things from God's point of view. C.S. Lewis defined hope as a continual looking forward to the eternal world. Which brings us to our next point. Because just as we've just shared everything we experience is getting us somewhere, we're going to see in the middle of verse 11 that that. Everything we haven't experienced yet is getting us somewhere. I'll phrase it like that, but let's get into it and look at it. He has made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He hath set the world in their heart. That word world means the hidden. It means the distant future or past. You could use the word eternity. How how would that fit? Also, he hath set eternity in their heart. You know, as we, and as we think about it, you know, there's not only a divine purpose for everyone's life, according to divine timing, but there is a worldwide desire and passion, people are filled with curiosity about eternity, about the afterlife. When a witnessing opportunity to someone, to tell someone about Jesus Christ, seems to, seems to be at your lap there, seems to be just, just falling before you, a great statement to start out with is, have you thought much on eternity lately? Have you found yourself thinking about the afterlife lately? Whether people admit it or not, there is a curiosity within everyone about the afterlife. There is a universal interest in what lies beyond the grave. 
even for those who say it's black darkness, it's game over, it's this life only. There is an interest in what lies beyond the grave. The events of this life and eternity are the subjects of this verse right here. He hath made everything beautiful in His time, the events of this life. Also, He hath set the world in their heart. Eternity. These two things, and, and these two subjects tie together in a way. I might be going a little bit off, but I'm not going far off, and there's something I want to talk about here. Because as a Christian, the events of life and the way we handle the events of life, there is a result of those things in eternity. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that's right now in this life. It, it doesn't work against us. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's, that's later on in heaven. Our light affliction now, an eternal weight of glory in heaven. I, I wrote in my Bible at some point in some time during some Bible study uh, by 2 Corinthians 4.17 this, For the Christian, nothing is meaningless. Our events of life, how we view them, whether we view them from here or whether we view them from heaven as in God's point of view, and how we respond to the events of life as a child of God, it's so important for our well-being here. It's so important in eternity. It has effect in eternity. You think about a mother who's carrying a child for nine months. And that nine months is not a complete process. Some mothers would say, you're, you're wrong there. Something was complete there. But actually, when you think of all of life, that nine months was not a complete process. The nine-month period is very important. It's very important to the, to the growth and the development of the baby. But it's for preparation for something much bigger that is coming. And that is an entire lifetime on this earth. Therefore, for nine months, a mother is real particular about her diet. She's real particular about what she takes in her body while she's carrying this child. She's real particular about medical check checkups. She's real particular about the ultrasounds. And, and she understands that what she does for this short period of time as, as this new life is inside her, feeding from her, getting nutrients from her. It has, and, and everything to do with the child uh, in this preparatory stage, has a large degree of effect on a much longer amount of time in the future, okay? No, no mother looks to have an unhealthy child after nine months. And I say that to say this, 
And that is that God doesn't put us here for some 90 years or so to be, to be an unhealthy child of God, if you will, for all eternity concerning our rewards, concerning the order that we're in there, concerning what He has for us to do in heaven, concerning all of our worship in heaven. He's, he's looking to do good and to make something out of everything that happens in this life for our good and for His glory. Back at the beginning of chapter 3 here, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Oh, let us look at that from God's point of view. It covers everything we go through in life. How important it is to believe in this, in, in every help, every hurt, every birth, every funeral, every loss, and every gain. Everything now matters in eternity for us as children of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks a lot about that. Eternity. Just to think about that one word. Do, do we ever, and we understand that it means never ending. We, we, we say we know there's no time there. We say we know it's never ending. Do we, do we think about eternity compared to this vapor of a short life that we're in right now? Empty the Pacific Ocean of all of its waters and fill it with sand. And then pile up enough sand to be as high as Mount Everest. And then a bird goes by once every billion years and takes one grain of sand off of that pile. Once every billion years. By the time he would get that last grain of sand on the bottom of that Pacific Ocean, we'll be in our first second in, the, in glory for for eternity, forever with God after this life that the Bible says is like a hand breath. That's not very long. We've shared a small portion of truth that we, that we, that we do know something about in relation to eternity. But we really haven't skimmed the surface on what God's eternal plan is for, for, for everything and for everyone. Uh, verse 11, the whole verse says, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He hath set the world in their heart. He has set, he has set eternity, the hidden the hidden uh, concerning the past or the, or the future. He has set that in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Again, I have something written in my Bible by this verse. Don't know when I wrote it there. But it says, we don't know. God does. We've skimmed a little bit of truth uh, of what God has 
prepared and what God's using the things of this life for to help us when we look at these contrasts that come into all of our lives to help us with our, our spiritual attitude about it. But we've only skimmed the surface and we don't know it all. But we can trust God's eternal plan for every single one of us for eternity. And we're going to go through a very short life of faith until we get there. Oh, may we look at things from God's point of view. But, but as I have had on my heart the valley side of these contrasts in this chapter. Those contrasts in verses 2 through 8. I, ju I just want to proclaim this verse as we close. And it's Romans 8.18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. May we, may we look at this and look at our lives from God's point of view. We won't be sorry. It's going to be different. It's going to help us so very much. And as we close, can pray for the, the baptisms we have planned this week and probably for the next three weeks after that. Uh, I also want to mention, you see Laura here tonight, and Wayne's not here. He is down in his back. So please pray for Wayne. He's had some back surgeries in his life, and, and his back's really bothering him. So pray for him. And also, if we could just get a little help to get, to get a couple of six-foot tables and about 14 chairs to the fellowship hall, we'd appreciate it. God bless you all. We're going to close in prayer, and you all have a great rest of your week. And I'm going to ask Christian Bowman if he will close our Bible study and prayer tonight.